0: We're in the middle of this phenomenal Maimer, and we're explaining about what this weapon of a sword can accomplish, and why it's double-edged. We basically explained the need for the double-edge is because there are two avenues by which this lie of Klippa receives vitality, and the purpose of the double-edged sword is to cut off that line of life from these two avenues. We said one is through a lot of tzimtzumim. In other words, the truth is hidden. Tzimtzum after tzimtzum. And that's caused, what causes that in the bigger world is the person's personal avayda of going lower than where they should be going lower, below their own standards and their true ideal self. And the way to eradicate that, what, what's the sword to eradicate that, that avenue of, of life? That is when the person, instead of lowering themselves, lifts themselves up. That's generalized in the concept of davening, which is all about a person lifting themselves up, elevating themselves to a higher level of, of being. Then there's another way by which klipa and the lie are are believed and can exist, and that is when things are overgeneralized. As again we'll get back to Amaritz Hashem, what that could mean. So the way one can kill and eradicate that that source of nourishment from, from the klipa is when the person serves Hashem in a way of Torah, what that would mean is, Torah is this very godly and undefined level of holiness. And when a person learns the Torah, understands the Torah, digests the Torah, what they're doing is taking this infinite level of godliness, this overgeneralization that we spoke about, and they are internalizing it, like dissecting it, taking it apart, making it specific, which what that does is, is that does not allow this lie of Klippa because it's not general anymore, it's specific, it's digested and that doesn't allow Klippa to exist. We're holding now in the middle of that paragraph. The Klippa is Yud Kei davka. Both ways of the Klippa getting its vitality are cut off through understanding havaya what Yud K'Vav represents, we know that the, the way that Klipa gets its, gets its chayas from the Makif, again, from the undefined and the all-inclusive is through avaya. How do we know that? Because it says, If the Klipa will lift itself up like an eagle, in other words, again, go to this very high level of godliness, this level that, so to speak, doesn't see difference and doesn't care about difference. So Hashem says, I will lower it. In other words, Hashem says, I will battle it. I won't allow it to receive its vitality. And the second way that Klipa exists is because of the the hiding of godliness. Obviously, HaVaya can eradicate that. Elekim represents... How godliness is hidden and not recognizable. Havaya represents where godliness is revealed. So obviously, when godliness is revealed, it's the opposite of hidden, and therefore klipa can't exist. The ze Or this is referring to the first three letters of the name Elakim. Remember Elakim is with the hey So says the Rebbe that. We're not talking about those three letters, which Ela means these. You can point that; those are the, the 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 better part of elikim, or the part of elikim that is that is revealed. Not that part of elikim that represents concealment. yam. So you have an elikim. You have two words. You have Eila, yam, which means these, as in what's revealed. Is yam is hidden in the in the sea, and that's what we're referring to when we talk about Godliness being concealed. We're referring to the yam. From the 48 different ways that one can reconfigure the name Elakim, which every time it's reconfigured, it's another Tzimtzum. So, again, from all these Tzimtzumim, you have Benechum, which represents negativity, and Chum is also 48. That's all Sainika Obviously, Yudke Vavke eradicates that because Yudke Vavke is revelation. When there's revelation, There's obviously not concealment and automatically Klipa can't exist. Because again, Klipa can only exist thanks to concealment. Yud represents revelation. That's why the Cherev, the sword that's responsible to kill these negative forces is Havaya. So again, this is this double-edged sword that doesn't allow Klipa to, to exist. And Receive vitality in any way, shape, or form. And again, in Avaydah, what that would mean is, this is again the two ways of Avaydah, either by internally internalizing those abstract things, which is the of Tayra, or elevating oneself, which is Tfila. There's an advantage of tefillah over Torah, of that derech of Avedah, of tefillah over Torah, like the advantage of eskafya, where the person has a drive, and they overcome that drive, as opposed to when the person transformed themselves and they don't even have that drive. Like the advantage of the Balt over the tzadik where things are smooth. So tefillah has that advantage where we're dealing with the ugliness of the person, the coarseness, the materialistic aspects of the person. That's why Mashiach is going to cause the tzaddikim to do tshuva, meaning to say, he's going to bring them that advantage that they never had, because their life was smooth, and there's a very tremendous advantage in the battle, in battling negativity, in battling gashmias, and materialism. The Gemara says, as we quoted before, that when someone reads Kriyashma, they're like they're holding this double edged sword. The Kriyashma, Nikras Kherev, because we know the Kriyashma is also a sword. Cherev pifies, this double edged sword. Hayenika, parei, which can eradicate the three Sarim, those three governors of Paray. And when we get rid of who's blocking us, we leave our limitations, we leave Mitzrayim. That's why at the end of Kriyashma, we say, I am Hashem, asher, it's yashem, that took you out of Egypt. Because through Kriyashma, through realizing Hashem's oneness, which is Havaya Echad, that oneness automatically, automatically we eradicate the klipa. And Once again, then we leave our limitations, we leave Mitzrayim. Let's understand these five weapons the way they are in davening, in a more specific and detailed understanding. The sword is the psuket de zimra part of davening. So generally, psuket de zimra means the psukim of song, but zemer can also mean to cut, to cut off those thorns that live off the vitality and the life that you want to give to the main flower or or vegetable, and then you have these thorns, or other types of growing things, that live off that life. We want to cut them off. When a person praises Hashem, that cuts off that which lives, those parasites that live off us, that we don't want. Over here it's not explained. If we do have time, I'll get back to how that works another time. The the bow is Shmei Nesre. Yaakov says, I took Shem with my sword and my bow. The Targum translates it that Yaakov took Shem with his davening. So we see that Keshes is davening. Now, what is, the, what is the meaning of a bow? What's the benefits? The obvious benefit of a bow is that you don't have to have close combat. One can shoot from far. The further you pull back at the when we pull at the string, the further one pulls it down or back, the further the arrow will go. We'll understand what that means in in the next year.